Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. This is the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so happy you could be here. We think this message is going to encourage and inspire you. We're in our year-end series called Sent. So whatever you're doing, sit back, relax, enjoy. I also want to give honor to my wife who's in the building this morning. For the very, for the very, for the very first time in Kingdom Church history, my daughters are here. Come on, somebody. They're in the back with Grandma, man. It's, it's, it's a good morning. You guys know that? It's a good morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says this. We read 2 Corinthians 9 last week. We're not leaving just yet. It says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide, what's that next word? All you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor and their good deeds will be remembered forever. You guys are about to sit down. I know some of you guys are like, how long do you stand in this place? But before you sit down, I need you to turn to the person next to you. You're looking at them in the eye. Come on, look them in the eye. And you gotta ask them a question. It's the title of our message. Ask them, are you available? You guys can be seated. Thank you so much, worship team. Thank you so much. Now, if the person you turned to beside you was not not your partner, turn to them again and say, not like that. (laughs) Not like that. I was worshiping so hard that um, my mouth is extremely dry. And I had a muffin this morning. I don't usually eat before I speak. My gosh. Anyone excited to be here this morning? So good. My name is Harrison. I'm the pastor here, and we're just so excited you guys could be here this morning. Uh, I want to begin by asking a question. Have you guys ever asked for something, and then when you got it, you weren't ready for it? Has it ever happened to anyone before? I I realized something, that you can ask for something, take it a step further, you can pray for something, but if you're not ready to receive it, you can completely miss it. uh, There's something that we found out in this... This journey, uh, for those, like I mentioned, uh, my wife just gave birth to twins. And uh, what we found out is that, like, in twin world, there's, like, this weird fraternity of people that have had twins. Like, everyone and anyone that has twins, like, if you ever find and they find each other, it's just, like, an instant connection. Because, like, they know what it's like to never sleep. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's just this weird fraternity. Uh, I was at the gym um, a few months back, and I was doing my usual thing, like, stretching, lurking. Wondering, like, what am I going to do today? And, uh, like, is my back loose enough? Uh, it's not loose enough. And uh, then all of a sudden, this dude, uh, he came up to me, and I've never talked to this guy before, but I've seen him. Uh, and he said, he's like, hey, he's like, how's your wife doing? This is a few months back. She's like, when, when did the, when's the baby coming? Now, my first thought is, like, why are you looking at my wife? Because <laughs> we don't know you. <laughs> but, like, I'm a man of God, and so I <laughs> humored him. Uh, I was like, and so I said, I was like, I was like, well, actually, I was like, she's, she's doing good, and she actually has two babies in there, like, she's having twins. 
And, and that's all I need to say. That's the code word uh, for this fraternity. And uh, this dude, and he's like 15 feet away. He hears twins, and he's all of a sudden like, twins? And like, he just ran over. And he's like, twins? He's like, I have twins. And then he just starts going off, like going off. He's like, yeah. He's like, what kind of diapers are you going to buy? I'm like, and listen, like, pre-parenthood is a whole lot different than post-parenthood. Like, now I'll tell you everything. Like, Greco for life, all that good stuff, right? But before, I'm like, I have no idea. And he's like, well, make sure you go to Costco. Make sure you get the Kirkland brand. He's like, oh, by the way, I haven't slept in six months. And uh, he's like, this is, it's, it's the hardest thing in the entire world. I'm on stress leave from work. I've moved my parents in with me. It's hard. And I'm like, thank you so much. You're making me really look forward to my babies being here. But obviously, now I, I kind of get it. Uh, but like, without a word of a lie, the dude went off. Like, he started talking. It was at least 20 minutes. And he was just telling me everything and anything that you could ever think of when it comes to twins. And like I said, in that mindset before twins, it's kind of like, don't really care. i got to stretch. <laughs> and so, like, I'm there and I'm kind of humoring him and I'm kind of annoyed because he's just, like, he's going off. And eventually, though, after about 20, 25 minutes, he was just like, you know what? He's like, let me give you my number and then we can communicate when you have your babies. And I'm like, man, I haven't got a number in a while. Um, But I was like, thank you so much. And I was just a little bit annoyed because, like, he was kind of in my way in the gym, right? Like, I'm trying to do my thing. And it's funny, one thing that I've been doing lately, uh, I've been writing down my prayers. Like, I, I've been journaling. And um, the, the next day, I was reading my journal. And it was funny because I, I said something in my journal, in my prayer to God the day before. I said, God, I said, I pray that today, I was like, you help me to meet new people. I was like, God, give me divine interactions. That was my words. Give me divine interactions. Put people in my life because I want to share Jesus. Come on, somebody. What a good pastor you got. <laughs> and it's interesting because the day before, someone had given me their number. I, you guys didn't clap your hands, but that's a miraculous answer to prayer. Because I said, God, this is what I want, and God answered. But the thing was, I wasn't in the space to even receive what God had given me. And I realized something, that you can pray, but if you're not ready to receive, if you're not available, you can miss out on what God is doing. We're in the second part of our year-end series. It's called Sent. Anyone here for part one last week? Man, so good. I, I'd encourage you to, to go online and check it out. But this year-end series, what we do as a church, and this is so awesome because if you're new to our church, um, this is now our second December in existence. We're just, we're fresh. And uh, when you've been around for two Decembers now, we can officially make something a tradition. Let's go, because we did it last year, and now we're doing it again this year. And so as a church, we have a tradition where in December, we come together and we give. And what we do is take an offering. We take a year-end offering. And it's, like I said, it's a tradition now, and it's awesome. And the reason that we do this is because this series is a way in which we can begin to realign our hearts and get us in a position and get us in a posture to receive what God has for us in 2020. You see, I know there's people in this room, and maybe you're like me, where 2019 was like the best year of your life, and like it was just so cool, all these new things, and you're like, you're ready for 2020. But I also know on the flip side, there have been people in this room where 2019 was hard. Come on, somebody. Like 2019 was filled with challenges, it was filled with obstacles, it was filled with trials. 
But the reason I love this time as a church where we come together and the reason we do this year-end offering is because what we are doing and what we are saying is we're saying, God, whatever happened in 2019, good or bad, I'm here, I'm available, and I'm going to give something in faith, believing that you have something for me in 2020. Because here's the thing I want us to understand when it, comes about God, when it comes to God, is that we do not give based on how good or how bad our years were, or how good or how bad we felt. We give based on who God is. And God is worthy of all praise. Jesus is worthy of all praise. And so I love this time as a church where we come together and we give. And the reason that we do this is because giving begins to rearrange our hearts, and it begins to rearrange our minds. And this morning I want to speak a lot about posture and what it looks like to be open-handed. Because I believe this wholeheartedly. You can pray for something, you can ask for something, but if you are not in a posture to receive it, you can completely miss it. You guys know what I'm saying? I, I forgot to say we get really loud at this church, so you guys can make noise. You have permission. It's all good. I know some of you guys came from churches, you can't say anything. We make noise. Come on, somebody. Let's go. This morning, and I look at the time, 11.45, uh, are you guys okay if we go a little bit over? Are you guys okay? I, I promise it might not happen next week. Again. We're in 2 Corinthians 9. We just read it at the start. I want to give us a little backdrop if you weren't here last week. It was written by a man named Paul, and Paul, in, in the Bible, he's someone that wrote over half the New Testament. And he was someone that he really was one of the founders of the Christian movement. He planted churches. He started churches much like we started Kingdom Church. And so Paul is writing to a church that he started in a place called Corinth. And he's teaching them all about giving. If you guys were here last week, I kind of called it a master class on giving. I said Paul taught us three things about giving. The context of giving, the purpose of giving, and the result of giving. And this week I want to continue Paul's words because I think just what he says is so good. And I want us as a church to take notes because there's going to be such good things happening. But Paul is going to teach us even more about giving. And so this morning I want to receive three more things from this word that I believe are going to put us in a posture to receive something. Are you guys good? Yeah. All right, let's do this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says this. It says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now, the, the metaphor that Paul uses here is an apt metaphor for the crowd that he was speaking to because many of them worked the land. And so they would understand what he's saying. It's the, the age-old saying that you reap what you sow. What you put in, you get out. And now, it's kind of easy to look at this verse and be like, well, yeah, like, okay, if you, if you give a lot, you're going to get a lot. But I think in these words, there is something deeper than that into what Paul is saying. And so as we start, I want to begin by speaking of the heart of giving. I want to speak to the heart of giving. He says, though a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now, for a lot of us, when it comes to giving, we can see this thing and it can kind of make us angry. Because it's like, well, I get it, but like, I just don't have as much to give as the person next to me. You guys ever felt like that before? Like, I just, I just don't have it, God. But what I love about what Paul is saying, when Paul is speaking about giving, it's not necessarily about amounts, because everything is relative. Paul here is speaking more so about the heart of giving, and the heart of giving all comes down to a word, and that word is willingness. It's not how much can you give, it's how much are you able to give. Look at this, this will, and this is one long letter, and so this is in the same letter in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul says this. He says, if the willingness is there, speaking of giving, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. 
In other words, it's not an about an amount. You see, for so many of us, we live in a deficit mindset. Do you guys know what a deficit mindset is? A deficit mindset says, I just don't have enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough talent. I don't have enough resources. And we begin to live in a, de a deficit. But what Paul is saying, Paul is trying to rearrange our minds and how we think. You see, when it comes to giving, it's never about amount, it's about a willingness. It's what do I have, it's what am I available to give. I'll just let you guys know, I'm, tell I'm telling a lot of stories in this uh, message this morning. It's a year-end series, and I want to let you guys know what God has been doing. But when it comes to willingness, I love a story from someone on our team. Uh, when we started our church, for a while, she was unemployed. And generally speaking, when you're unemployed, uh, money is not necessarily growing on trees. And so it's very easy to get in this deficit mindset where it's like, I don't have enough. But one thing I've realized in life is that for every time we have a deficit in our lives in one area, all that means is we have an excess somewhere else. Listen to that, write that one down. If you have a deficit in one area, we need to begin to look to the other area in our life where we have an excess. You see, in that time when she was unemployed, she didn't necessarily have that much money, but what she had was time because she wasn't working. And what happened when we started our church, and I'm so thankful for it, for our kids' curriculums, she actually worked on them and she made them for our kids' programs. Because she said, you know what, I may not have money right now, but I got something. You guys see what I'm saying? The heart of giving is never an amount. It's what do I have? It's what has God given me? And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get us out of that deficit mindset because that deficit mindset begins to creep into our lives and we begin to say, I don't have enough. I don't have anything. I want to tell you one more story. This happened this week. For, for worship up here, we, we played music. It was so good, right? So good. Come on, somebody. And... Uh, I was looking for someone to lead worship this week because we were just kind of in a flux. And uh, I texted Noah. Noah was the guy, the good-looking guy on the guitar with the hair and the swag. <laughs> That's Noah. And I texted him this week. I was like, hey, Noah, I was like, can you lead worship for us? And he texked me back. And he's like, hey, man, he's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, but I work at 12, uh, so I can't lead worship. And I was like, dang. And the door closed, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. But then he said something. He's like, well, actually... He's like, I could, I could come in the morning. He's like, and I, I could do it. He's like, and I could leave at 1130. I'm, I'm available until 1130. And so Noah, I think he's gone. You're go he's gone. He had to go work. But I love, it's the heart, right? I'm available. I'm available until 1130. Can, can, can I speak to us for a second, church? In our lives, every single one of us, you're available somewhere. But we have to have a heart and have to have a mindset that says, hey, you know what? If I have a deficit somewhere else, all that means I have an excess in another area. That's the heart of it. Sometimes what we have to do is we have to look again. We have to look again. Our first reaction is like, I don't have enough. But sometimes God just says, look again. Look again. And then the heart of giving begins to change. Because the heart of giving moves from what do I have to give to what can I give. As we, as we give this offering next week, I'm going to let you guys know something. I'm super excited for it. I can't wait for it. We've done a lot of things in our church, but when we gave our year-end offering last year, and the church wasn't, you know, the size of, of it is now, but the people that came up here and they gave, that was one of my highlights of anything we've done so far. Because people had a posture and they had this heart of giving. I get to give. And next week we get 
to give. And so Paul continues, he says this, 2 Corinthians 9, he says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I want to speak about the posture of worship for a moment. The posture of worship. I love what he says. He says, you must decide in your heart how much to give. In other words, there's no set amount. You see, it's easy for us to live in this place where it's like pressure. You guys ever felt pressure before? Like, this is how much you need to give. Paul says, no, 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 you must decide. And when we have that posture, we can move from close-handedness to open-handedness. And it can actually become an honor and a privilege where it's like, man, how much do I get to give? One thing that, that Christy and I do before we give our year-end offering, we like to pray about it, and we come together. And last year it was really cool because we kind of both just thought about it, prayed about it, and then I came to her and I was like, hey, Chris, I was like, um, I, was like I have a number that I felt like the Lord put on my heart. And I'm like, what's your number? And last year, uh, it was really cool, we had the exact same number because God's working. And so, yeah. And so this year, uh, like we have babies, so we rarely talk anymore. <laughs> But um, same thing, I've been praying about it, and I felt a number that God put on my heart. And uh, so a few days ago, we were driving, and I said, hey, Chris, and, you know, I wanted to see how God works, right? Um, and I was like, I got a number that I want to give. I was like, what do you feel like the number is for you? And she sat there for a moment, and then she said the number. And again, it was the exact same number. We never talked about it. It was just, we kind of did it. And I'm speaking with the posture for a second. And so after that moment, it was, it was funny. She was in the back seat with the girls, and I'm in the front by myself, taxi driver style. Uh, but, like, I just, I began to smile to myself. And, like, I kind of had, like, this feeling of giddiness. Have you guys ever given a gift to someone you're super excited about it? Like, I can't wait to give it. And that's the feeling I have. Like, I cannot wait to give this gift to God. Because when I'm, when I'm open-handed... And when I understand everything I have comes from God, it's an honor and it's a privilege to give back to him. And I can't wait to do it. I love what he says. He says, there's no pressure. For those of you guys who've been in church for a long time, you may have heard of this, this practice called tithing. And tithing is a thing where we give the first 10% of our income to God. And a tithe and an offering are two different things. A tithe is something that, you know, there's that set amount. But an offering is what I like to call above and beyond. It's something more. And so what I love about this offering is there's, there's nothing really religious about it. There's no, there's no barriers. It's just how much can I give to God? You see, when there's pressure, you guys ever felt pressure before? Like you feel like someone really wants you to do something? It sucks. We do growth track every week after service. You all been to growth track, anyone? You guys like growth track, those who have been there? Okay. I know you like it. You told me. But one thing, like I really want people to get there. Um, but I try to like not pressure them because pressure sucks, right? And so I'm always like, hey, come to Growth Track if you want. Like I just try, because like, I don't want them to feel pressure. I want them to come because I know when they come, they're going to like it. Um, but like, because pressure changes everything, right? And so I, I just want to say this. There's a posture right now, right? When it comes to this offering next week, there is no pressure to give. If you're close-handed and you give the offering, you're not going to receive what God has in store. God only wants us to give if we're available, and if our hands can be open-handed, you will actually receive something, I promise you that. But it all comes down to posture. It comes to posture. For those of you guys, most of us, we were here in worship. Maybe you saw some of us raising our hands. 
And you're kind of like, what the heck was that? You guys stretching or what's going on? You see, the reason we do it is a posture. It's a posture. And there's many different ways you can kind of go like this or like this, whatever. But it's a posture. What we're saying and what I found over and over again is if I get in the proper posture, my heart begins to follow. I have a friend and... uh, Actually, I did it today. You guys know when I come on stage and I get you guys to sing again? You guys like that? No pressure. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to still do it. So. But I have, I have a friend, and he said to me one time, he's like, hey, he's like, I really like when you do that um, because it forces me to raise my hands. He's like, I want to raise my hands, but I'm, I'm a little bit too, like, so it forces me to raise my hands. And when I raise my hands, I like it better because it's a posture. And so I said something to him. I said, hey, I said, next time, I was like, forget everyone else. Because guys, we have this thing, I think, more than women, where it's like, if I raise my hand, I'm not manly. I only cheer for McDavid. Connor does not know your name, but Jesus does. That's good. But there's this thing, right, where it's like, I can't raise my hands because what do people see me? But I just said, hey, next time I said, raise your hands, close your eyes, and just do it, and don't worry about anyone else. And what he said after, he said, man, that was so much better. Because we have a posture, right? You see, when we do things physically, our heart begins to change. Next week, we, we take this offering, we put the box up here, and, and at the end of our service, we, we do the worship, and then people come one by one, two by two, whatever, and they put the offering into the box. And the reason we do it symbolically, more than just saying, and we got like our debit machine now, so like you can tap and that's cool. But I want to encourage you this week, if you're going to give, go to the bank and take out money. Write a check. Because it's a, it's a physical thing, right? Like when we come up here, we are physically walking up here and saying, God, this is what I have for you. I'm not saying God doesn't accept Apple Pay. He does. But there's a, there's a posture, Right? And that's how we come together as a church. And if you were not here last year and you're going to experience it next week, I promise you, it'll be one of the highlights of your year. Because we come together in this posture of giving and say, God, this is what I have for you. Because you gave everything for me. Paul continues. And he says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty of leftovers to share with us. He says, whatever you give, it's not going to run dry. We talked about this last week, and we said, man, this is so much better than God just like giving us money back. God gives us so much more. He gives us peace. He gives us fulfillment. He gives us purpose every time we give. Paul says, whatever you give, you will have stuff left over. You will have stuff left, left over. It's, you see, we have this belief that in receiving is where the blessing lies. Like Christmas is coming. We make our lists, like this is what I want. But anyone who is given knows the reality that giving is where the blessing is. It's not in receiving. But the reason so many of us don't give is because we believe if I give, I'm just going to run out of resources. Another story uh, in our church, someone that serves a lot, like every week pretty much, and uh, she had a week off finally, and uh, I just, I heard her talking after and she said something that brought a tear to my eye almost as much as Sarah's message brought tears to my eye. Um, but she was like, man, she's like, I didn't serve last week. And she's like, I don't even feel like I went to church. 
She was in the front row. She's like, I didn't think I went to church. And the reason I brought a tear to my eye is because at the heart of Kingdom Church, we say that we're a church that exists for people who are not here yet. That's who this church is for. And so what she said, she's like, unless I was using what God has given me, I, I didn't even really feel like I was there. And I love that because that's the heart of Jesus, and that's the heart of our team here at Kingdom Church. And I, for those on our team, man, I got so many more stories just of our team being willing, the heart behind people. And I just, I, I love what they do. But the reality is, you see, when you give, you don't run out. God gives you more. There's an excess. There's life and life overflowing. The true blessing lies in, in, in giving, not receiving. I got, the new, I, got a new, I got a new iPhone last week. Come on, somebody, Black Friday. Uh, and, uh, it was a cool deal and all, all this stuff. And I told you guys a few weeks ago, I've been rocking the iPhone 7 for a long time. And uh, I got a good deal, so I got the new phone. And uh, I, I mean, I've, I'm past the delusion of Apple. I know that they've run out of ideas. And every phone is the exact same since like the 4. Um, but like there's still that moment, right, when you get the new phone. And it's like, yeah, this, like, this screen is fresh. But I realized, and, and, and as I was playing around with this phone, that... Uh, the joy of that phone lasted like 15 minutes, a day. But the reality is when we give, there's something that lasts even more so. It's fleeting. The delusion that we live in is that I need to get, I need to get, I need to get. But the reality is, is that is fleeting. It's in giving that we get the blessing. It's in receiving that we are delusioned. That's why for so many of us, you guys have been there. You had Apple Music. But then you're like, maybe I should get Spotify as well. And you realize, like, hey, they're actually very similar. You realized that Netflix is better than Disney Plus by now? Back and forth. <laughs> it feels good for a while. We receive, we receive, but the blessing isn't giving. And that's what Paul is saying. And that's the posture, right? We're in a posture of, of giving. And so as we close... 2 Corinthians 9, last verse, verse 8, it says, And God, again, will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, I love this part, they share freely and they give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Last thing I want to speak of is the legacy of giving. Paul here is quoting a psalm in Psalm 112, verse 9. And what he is saying, he's letting us on the legacy of giving. He's saying those who freely give will receive something that lasts forever. That lasts forever. When we give, whatever we give, it will not be taken away from us. I want to speak for a second. Every single person that has poured into this church through time, through talents, through your treasures, whatever it may be. We have three baptisms today. Come on, somebody. Listen, if you call Kingdom Church home, that's your legacy. You played a role in that. And that's something that lasts forever. These are things I'm not going to forget. And we've had many baptisms in our church. We've had many decisions for Jesus. And what I'm saying is every single one of us who sows in, that's your legacy. You played a part. Next week when we come together as a church and we give, Whatever God does in 2020, whatever God's going to do at the Arden Theater in two weeks, Christmas in St. Albert, get your tickets. That's part of your legacy because you sowed into this place and you sowed into what God is doing.
Now listen, last story, because these are very public things, public displays for Jesus. But God is working in this place in so many ways. I was talking to someone this week, and another story that touched me. We were just talking, and um, I don't even really know how it came up on the topic of conversation, but what she said to me, she was like, hey, she's like, um, me and my husband, she's like, we've been praying every single night together before bed. And uh, now, you don't know their whole story, but both of them are kind of people who are like, I don't really like to pray. We just don't pray. But what I've seen in the span of, of God working in this church in the last year, working their lives, is that God is not only changing lives, he's restoring marriages. He's restoring relationships. And he says, man, we're just, we're praying together now. Now listen, I'm telling you this story because that is a part of your legacy. That's your legacy. Annabelle, can you come? I love you. That's your legacy. I believe wholeheartedly without a shadow of a doubt. Last year, we called our offering the Expand Offering. And we know that God's expanded this place. Our offering this year is the Sent Offering because we believe that God is sending us somewhere in 2020. We haven't seen anything yet. I hope you guys know that. Three baptisms was cool. We haven't seen anything yet. And so next week, as we sow into this place, what we are saying, we are saying, God, I'm available. I'm available. This is what I have. It's an honor. It's a privilege to give to you. And when we do that, we are moving and we're working in the same way that God worked to us. I said this last week. We serve a missionally focused God. The story of God, the story of Jesus is that God loves you so much. God saw our pain. God saw our brokenness. And he didn't sit down and do nothing. He didn't say, I don't have enough. God looked into our situation. He looked into our hearts. He looked into our brokenness. And he said, I'm going to send someone for you. And he sent Jesus. And he sent him for you and he sent him for me that every single person that believes in Jesus shall not perish but have life and life everlasting. That's why we give. Because Jesus first gave to us. Why do we love God? Because God first loved us. We're following in his pattern after his goodness. Let's just stand for a second, church. I want to make two appeals. The first appeal is is one because we have a tank full here right now. And uh, baptism, again, is just a decision like, hey, I want to follow Jesus. And I just, I sort of have this feeling in my heart, maybe it's just not eating breakfast. But I feel like there's people here this morning, maybe you want to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you want to get into that tank. We want you to know right now, I'm not going to wait a long time. I'm not going to pressure you. But if you want to get baptized, we have everything that you need to get baptized right now. We've got shorts for you. We've got a shirt for you. We've got a towel for you. If you want to do that right here, right now, we're going to give you the opportunity. So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want you to dwell on that for a moment. I'm going to make my second appeal, then come back to the first. If there's people here this morning, it's your first time, maybe it's your 10th time, your 100th time, but you feel God is tugging at your heartstrings. You feel something, maybe it's an elevated heart rate, sweaty palms. But you're like, man, I feel like, I feel like God is working. Maybe God is saying, hey, make that decision for me today. If you want to make that decision for Jesus, if you want to follow him, we want to give you that moment. We make it very simple. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we just ask you to raise your hand. And I'm going to ask us to raise our hands twice. Because if there's someone here that you want to get baptized right here, right now, we want to give you that chance. Every single person in this room, head is bowed, eyes are closed. We're all praying for you right now. 
If you want to give your life to Jesus first and you want to make that decision, I'm going to count to three. And on three, just show me your hand. In three, two, one, just show me your hand if you want to give your life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Last appeal. There's no pressure, but if you want to do it, the time is now. Come on. If you want to get baptized right here, right now, you want to make that plunge, just show me your hand. If that's you right now. If that's you right now. Maybe you're saying, I want to get baptized, but not today. If you want to get baptized, I want to encourage you. Fill out a connect card. Give it to someone at the info center, and we'll, we'll, we'll get in contact with you. We love you so much. Hey, let's pray this prayer together. Everyone say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving me, and thank you for choosing me. I give you my everything. I give you my wins, and I give you my sins. I pray today that you make me a new creation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We hope that message encouraged and inspired you. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to hear from you. If we have not seen you in person, we want to encourage you. Go to our website, plan a visit, and we'd love to see you. We'd love to meet you. Until next time, take care.